Hi everyone, uh, Roger here from Life Church Canton. I'm the Youth and Young Adult Director of Ministries. We're so excited to have you here with us today. If you're a brand new listener, welcome. You're in for a treat. Uh, be sure that you like, subscribe, follow so that you can not only hear our sermons, but some of the other things we put out like what you'll hear today. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Uh, you're going to hear about some stuff that you've been hearing about in a while, for a while in, in more depth. So that'll be really exciting. Um, either way, if you want to participate in what God is doing in this church, and he is doing a lot. And the fact that we're having the conversations that we're having today, I think is proof and sign that God is working, um, and he's working a lot in our community. So if you want to give to that financially and support that mission, be sure to head over to lifechurchcan.org forward slash give and be a part of that. So today what we have is we're really continuing the conversation that we had this morning uh, at our service where we talked about racial justice as a staff uh, around a table via a table talk. So we're really, this is kind of, we might call it table talk 2.0, not 2.0, that's not right, part two. to continue that conversation. But let me just start with intros. I uh, introduced myself, so let's go around the table. We actually have a table today, too. Yes. So it's important that you know that. <laughs> mm. Mm. So important. My name is Nathan McWhorter, and I'm sitting across from Jared, who is looking toasty after his time <laughs> in Florida. And I'm the lead pastor, by the way. <laughs> I guess All right. keep on going. Yeah. Well, that, uh, I feel like that was a nod to me. I am Jared. Uh, toasty is not a word I would use to describe myself right now, but I am one of the pastors, and I'm very grateful to have the table. Thank you, Roger. Awesome. Um, my name is Bridget, and I'm one of the staff members here at Life Canton Church. Awesome. And what do you do specifically? <gasps> Many things. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, my official title is Vision Systems Director, awesome. and that is a combination of being a volunteer director as well as helping to steer our church in a direction of helping us understand how we can help people to, who are not connected to our church to become partners and from partners to torchbearers in our community. So helping to facilitate that process. Awesome. Very cool. Okay, so let, let's, start, uh, let's start a little gently um, and let's do a check-in. So you guys just got off of preaching twice, or talking, sorry, not preaching, discussing twice for, what, like 40 minutes, Hmm. racial justice, some of the issues in our church, some of the issues in our community. So after almost two hours of that, how are you guys doing? Let's start, Nathan, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, I I think I'm I'm drained. Mm -hmm. I'm drained. I felt the weight of the conversation, and the conversations afterwards were unique. And I was reminded, I won't go into details, but I talked, just got done. 10 minutes ago from talking to an individual who started off um, in, in a really defensive place. And he was a white individual and he was a very de- defensive place and was saying all the, the lines that you would say that show that he was defensive. But I just kept asking questions and all of a sudden he started sharing about family who had experienced deep pain and racial discrimination. And I just was reminded the importance of these conversations and the importance of what we talk about in the paper, dialogue. Because if I had gotten defensive or wrote, written him off, mm-hmm. I would have missed deep hurt that he was revealing in vulnerability that that God wants to heal. And so I, I'm, I'm tired and <laughs> I feel like I'm tired but still learning in yeah. the midst of all of this. So that I, it's a good place to be, yeah, a humble place to be. Bridget, what about you? The words hothead. Um, I don't know what. I don't. What does that even mean? I don't know. My brain right now is is firing 
it is it is on 10 right now and I'm still trying to process everything and um, just have this burning desire in my face. I don't know, to just <laughs> to get out certain things that we did not cover or things or thoughts that were floating around in my brain that I'm trying to capture and prayerfully be able to share on the podcast. So I have a lot of processing going on. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I would say I'm, I'm mildly at peace knowing that, um, well, I'll use the house metaphor. And by the way, if you're listening and you haven't listened back to the thing that we just did, some of this is going to be confusing. So obviously listen to these two things in tandem, but there was a house metaphor um, that I I read about. And I keep thinking in pictures of, I've just bought a house and it's an old house. And I found that there's a little bit of mold in the, in the drywall. And so I'm taking out that piece. But as I take out that piece, I realize, Oh, the studs are rotten. And as I take out the studs, I like find, oh, there's a lead pipe that I didn't know was there. And so I feel like as a metaphor today was just pulling that piece of drywall back, which is, is a good start mm-hmm. to the process. But realizing there's so many more things, mm-hmm. uh, so many more conversations that need to take place. And I want them to take place. And so I'm feeling a little anxious of like, I want to make sure to like connect with everybody and be like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? And, and everybody's yeah. feeling mm-hmm. is going to be different. So uh, my, my piece is nuanced. <laughs> yeah. I would say that. Yeah. Well, one thing I would ask Roger, yeah. how are you experiencing yeah. this? Because you knew it was coming. Yeah. We had done some work on it in behalf, but like you got to experience that in the audience. Yeah. And um, what, what, what are you feeling and experiencing or thinking? Um, Personally, I don't know if there's a like a I know you usually ask for one word emotions. I don't know if I have one for this. Um are ready to transition to the next stage of processing. Um for me, I've just been in the anger camp for five years, <laughs> just continually angry and upset and furious. Uh but because of what we did today, I think I'm ready for the next stage, which is, you know, action steps and progress and and taking those steps towards uh, resolving the issues and the situations <laughs> that uh, have made me angry. So, mm-hmm. trans- I guess transition. If I had to pick a you know a one word, <laughs> transition is not a feeling. But yeah, uh, that's right. I think you communicated well. Yeah. Okay. That's at. good. Yeah. You said angry. <laughs> angry. Yeah. Yeah. But not angry anymore. No. Hopeful. Yeah. That's the beyond moving beyond that because mm-hmm. I think that's it was a lot of like, what do I do with this? And going from, you know, being humbled because uh, I'm angry from a perspective of someone who can, like we talked about today, turn off the white noise um, to being angry. Cause then I read verses like mega six, eight. I'm like, but God's angry. So that <laughs> fluctuation, but then there's the next stage, which is, okay, let's go do something about it now, which mm-hmm. I think we're ready for. Yeah. So awesome. So the, the two things uh, we're going to try to cover in this podcast are uh, what do you guys, and this was something you had all said leading up to this and discussion about is like, there were things you got to cover on stage, but so much more you wanted to cover. So the first question is, what do you wish we had gotten to on stage today? Uh, And then also we'll finish with um, some next steps that either you want to reiterate or some, some next steps that you couldn't cover on stage today. So we're just trying to get to the things we didn't get to today. So I'll just throw that out there and we'll start with what do you wish we had gotten to? I can go. Um, I think the the thing that Bridget shared is about a common narrative about um, understanding our history 
And I wish we had more time to go through some history, not just um, American history, all that, that, that is important. Um, but I think a history of how um, racism has infiltrated the church, has maybe in some cases built the church. Um, I, I do think that that's important to come into an agreement about um, so that we understand how we move forward and what collective repentance looks like. Because mm. I think that that is the biggest thing, Nathan, that, you know, just the, but I didn't do anything. I personally didn't have a stake in this. And, and that's the conversation I feel um, needs to take place probably the most often in having conversations predominantly with, with um, white brothers and sisters. Um, and so to, 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 to walk them through history um, to see moments where, no, it is important that we understand our history so that we share a common narrative so that we can share a common purpose going forward. I would have liked to have gone into that more um, and, and maybe there will still be opportunities for that. Um, but that, that's what's on my mind right now. Yeah. I'll go. Uh, I, I think, and this is not something that, I mean, it's best done in a dialogue. So I'll try to right. attempt it through, through podcast, but speaking about the church's history, I know Bridget talked about people who've been here um, outside of the last three years, which is where we made the major change. By the way, let, let's be real. Jared, you and I were both under this hiring process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jared was actually in line. Uh, he was one of the final candidates to be the lead pastor. Many may not even know that because mm-hmm. um, we haven't talked about it in a while. Um, but he took himself out uh, on purpose because of God's leading. And then a year later, I'm like, hey, you want to come work here? And <laughs> so he did. So great humility on Jared's part, but also the vision. And, and this is important. When we got hired, even though there was brokenness and there were issues going on, their desire was to go after diversity and all that. Yeah. And it makes it even harder when, you know, there's people who brought us in who abandoned that. Mm-hmm. But there there was intention there, and I think that's important. Why I bring that up is, is um, there are those of us, uh, especially those who've been here longer than me, who've gone through the pain of it. And I think some of our own history would be important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll phrase this in a positive way. We realized after bringing Pastor Daniel on board, um, which was an intentional desire, we aren't going to hire anybody else besides someone who speaks from their background who's a black person. Um, we started to see systemic issues within the church, small things, well-intentioned that were actually, um, you know, racially charged and that meaning that we were not even considering uh, our policies in regards to how would it be if you were a person of color and we had this policy and for the sake of it i'm not going to get into those Mm. um because the time and all that but then as well there were some limitations where when i showed up there was not a single white person on staff and there was not a single white person uh there was only i'm sorry there was only white people on staff (laughs) and wow i switched it quick Uh, but there was only white people in leadership and you know that was something that we had to go through painfully to change. So if you never see anyone on in leadership or on staff who has your skin tone or mm-hmm. understands you in that way, like that created a place of unsafety 
for yeah. um, on safety. They did not feel safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people of color we talked to about that, which uh, curbed their engagement, which yeah. meant that because there was a curbed engagement, there was less of a chance for them to get into leadership. So this is a systemic mm-hmm. Cyclical issue. And so intentional steps had to be made to hire someone who was black and Pastor Daniel and to push for, in a a healthy way, leadership that reflects the people that go to our church. So, you know, at this point, we have two people on, we have a single person on our leadership team. We have two people who are black. We have uh, a first generation um, um, Hispanic. And we have a person who's Indian and also an immigrant, Mm -hmm. like who is not a citizen. So, like, to go from that in three years is 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 a good step in the right direction. Yeah. And here's what I'll say, and I'll stop talking. Um, those changes, those willingness to go through those hard things, has resulted in a willingness for people of color to be more vocal about what they would like to see, not only to correct issues, but to get to what we're really trying to get after, not just – not only justice – but diversity so that we can look like revelations where we can look and see um, every tongue and tribe and nation in our worship. And it was just, it was fun to have um, some different music that we've been engaging in the last couple of weeks. So what I'd say, I want to say to everyone and reiterate, we've been through it, but we're at a place now where that foundation can be laid in a new way. And there's a place of, of growing safety for all of us to dialogue. Um, But yeah, that, that's stuff that's hard to talk about yeah. um, from the stage in the context of where we're at. Yeah, and there was a, if I could add this piece, as someone who's newer on staff, I think when we got here, and I know Dave and I have talked about this too, David Booth, our worship director, we got here with this energy of like, oh, let's work on that stuff. We're so excited. But there was also a learning phase for us, I think, of speaking for myself, of like, how do I bring my excitement to the table with people who are exhausted? Mm. And it took me a while to... To be, even and I'm still learning to even understand like how do I work with you guys in a way where I can be excited and passionate, but also not be ignorant of the fact that you guys have been through it, <laughs> right? And, and be sensitive to that. So it's good. all that goes into it. Bridget, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm thinking a lot of different things. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that while we were talking, there were certain things that popped up in my spirit mm-hmm. and. I think about Be the Bridge and how we wanted to mention Be the Bridge, but we kind of didn't do that. And it's okay. Um, right now, well, Be the Bridge is a national organization um, that is doing the work and creating curriculum and helping people to have a transformative voice to be more intentional about racial transformation within the church and for us to have the skills to be um, uh, to equip people to be bridge builders, um, to have these conversations and to help to navigate these different emotions and tensions that um, may arise uh, within the church setting and also within our families and within our communities. And I wanted to touch not necessarily on Be the Bridge, but some things that comes out of Be the Bridge. Um, as we were talking or as listening, um, sometimes we have this, v- the, the, the victim, like we keep the victim in mind, but we don't remember that, um, how can I I'm just say it plainly? White people are affected too by racism. And I don't think that that sometimes is made plain or clear. If we can have the stance that racism is sin and sin is a spiritual matter, um, that can, that has consequences, consequences that we can't pick and choose. It just, it just is. Um, then I think it's important for us to realize that sin has an impact on the person who's actually committing the 
the mm. the act to. Mm-hmm. And um and it brings a level of compassion wholeheartedly to get that holistic um healing or just to make sure that you hear both sides of the story and um and realize that that person who was doing that it you might like oh well they're st- they're walking around but that impacted them on a spiritual level they they, they ain't going to get by unscathed mm. so for us to not have the conversations about race or to say that it doesn't involve you and it doesn't matter if that happened a long time ago and want to have it push it up under the rug. It's impacting you. Whether you want to deal with it or not, you're not getting by unscathed. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. I, do you mind if I share a vulnerable thought in response to that? Because I'm, I'm thinking through the... Because a couple of this table, like, we're white and we have to minister to other people who are white and walk them through this. I shared at the beginning that my tendency is anger, right? My first is how dare you, how can you do this? Let's fix this. This is wrong. So as I'm hearing you say that, I think something that just happened in me that I want to share is I agree with the point you said, and I heard it, but then I had that small voice that said, uh, and this is a voice I tend to have, which is comparative suffering of like, yeah, but that doesn't matter because whatever I have been through or my, my white brother or sister in Christ has been through is, is incomparable to what Bridget and her people have been through. So I'm not saying that's a good response <laughs> or that's that's um, a justified response or I don't know. I just I think sometimes as someone who, you know, is trying to to minister to white people, that is something I struggle with of like losing empathy because I look at you and your community and say that <laughs> what they are going through doesn't matter because these people in front of us are suffering. So I, I don't know what to mm-hmm. do with that, but I just that that came to mind as you were saying that. And I wonder if that's a thought for anyone else who is also trying to minister to white people through this. I'll help you out. Um, (laughs) You can change your gaze or change your focus Mm. and look to Jesus and look at that from that point of view. Cause I'll I'll always say like, Jesus died for that too. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, you know what? Um, And another thing that I wanted to mention that the body was not intended to carry that weight. Mm. Our physical body is not designed to carry the weight Mm. of stress and of guilt Mm. and of hate and of heart because it will destroy you. It will eat you inside out. So yeah, I mean, you can look at, you know, my, that's very kind of you, but if you continue to look up, it's going to empower you and give you the power to be able to pers- mm-hmm. persevere and to, um, to, to do what Jesus would do because, I mean, they, yeah. Yeah. It, and, I just, yeah. I don't want to give, give myself that much credit because it, it usually doesn't lead to thoughts of kindness. <laughs> <laughs> it usually thoughts of like, stop, stop. Like, this doesn't matter. Just get to that. So yeah. it usually actually, to further point out that it's not a great heart reaction, it usually leads me to a place of anger and dismissal and a lack of empathy. So it's not a good reaction. <laughs> All right. I think that's fair too. I think the exhaustion of what we've been through the last three and a half, four years, I, I was sharing similar thought right before we went on stage of just like, I'm tired. I don't want to have the conversation with those who are unwilling to submit it all to Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. And I've had that conversation again and again and again, that my empathy is going away. Mm-hmm. And so there's a balance of like that prophetic nature of calling out um, mm-hmm. a broken covenant yeah. with God. Yeah. And then, my capacity to do that. And so I, I do, I say, if we have to choose, I'm going to stand with those who are suffering mm-hmm. the most, yeah. but Jesus, Jesus would find a way to do both. And sometimes mm-hmm. Jesus is finding a way to do both is, is turning over tables and whipping some butt <laughs> and like thinking about it ahead of time and then going in and, and taking wicked people and mm-hmm. shaming them, taking the wicked Pharisees and shaming them on purpose. Um, but you know, again, 
as I started with reactions, Mm -hmm. I'm reminded that if I allow that to drive me, I would have completely missed the person who talked to me afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I would have missed their hurt. And Mm -hmm. maybe this was the last chance they had because they said, I just leave churches because I can't deal with this. And I'm like, could we be the church that allows them the healing um, to move forward? And so it's just like, man, it's it's so go back to, to what Bridget was saying earlier. Like we need Jesus, we need his grace, <laughs> and we need to release and not carry as much of this as possible. Yeah. And I and honestly I think that that's where I can still learn from my black brothers and sisters who, like I said, have been carrying this much longer mm-hmm. than than I have. On, on what is a healthy way to do this, a way that, well, a healthier way, or let's, let's say it this way. What is a God honoring way yeah. to carry this weight? Yeah. Can I share a, a next step that's on my mind? For sure. Um, cause I think, you know, and this is another thing that I wish I could have talked more about too, is just resources. Mm. Um, it, it starts, at a, it could start in a lot of different places, but for me personally, some of the best next steps that I've taken that have been helpful for me is reading books and watching documentaries. And and here's why it's not just to fill my head with more knowledge and to get nerdy about it. Although there's, there's an element of that for me. Um, but I think as I engage in conversations with, um, again, specifically white people who are feeling like I'm not sure what to do with this or feeling a sense of shame or guilt is I think what, what, um, perpetuates that is they feel threatened mm. yeah. and, and it's okay. Let's just name that. I think they feel threatened that they're missing something that they're not aware of. And I think reading a book mm. or watching a documentary can sometimes be one of the most non-threatening ways to move forward. If there is a desire to in the feelings of being, you know, feeling threatened or feeling shame, to say, but I'm willing to learn more. Oh, if there's at least a willingness to learn more, pick up a book, which there are many. I mentioned one, uh, there's Subversive Witness, and it talks about all of the, the scriptures, actually, that kind of point this out. Um, talks about privilege. It talks about um, siding with the oppressed, but also with the oppressor. He talks about Zacchaeus as the oppressor, mm. who then changes his ways, mm-hmm. which is just a fascinating idea. There, there's documentaries. I mean, I don't know. I've met a, if I've met a person who doesn't have Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or something like that. They have lots of videos. But then, don't leave it there. Don't be mm. by yourself. We're not meant to do this alone. Mm-hmm. If you've read a book, if you watched a documentary, then go with somebody who you trust, who you love, who you respect, and then have a conversation with them. I think that's probably what I would say is one of the best next steps yeah. that a person could take. Um, to engage that discomfort that they might be feeling. Yeah. How about next steps for, and, you know, do the stereotypical thing of the youth director. Uh, what, would you have any next steps specifically for young people? Yeah. Yeah. Students, I would say, is find that place to have these dialogues. Students, you don't, you don't just need a conversation about identity in regards to racial things, whether you're white or black. You need a place to talk about identity about all aspects or about to jump into another series yes. about sexual identity. Mm-hmm. So I, I talked to someone this week um, who, who I referenced in the second gathering who attended, who is not a believer, who's in the schools, who was drawn because of our communication and desires to create place. 
And it, like when we talked, I said to him, like, mm-hmm. it's an identity issue for white people. And he's like, well, then how do we create a space where they can, you know, rebuild their identity in a positive way? This is a non-believer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in a community like ours. And he's like, yep, this would be the place. I mean, come on. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so what I'd say to students is like, you need people not to be surrounded by, you do not need to be surrounded by people that look like you. Mm-hmm. You need to be surrounded by people who are for you um, and who want to help you engage in a dialogue about who you are. Yeah. And um, we live in a world that is all about our achievement. Mm-hmm. But what we need to do is awaken to who God says we are and what Jesus did. We, we think it's all about our behavior, but it's actually about Jesus's behavior. Yeah. And those are the most true things about us. And that's why I said in the message, if you have gone through that process of laying down just a part of yourself mm-hmm. to Jesus as a process of following him, you've gone through an identity change. Mm-hmm. That's the same kind of change that must happen for us, all of us, white or black, to, to tackle this issue of racial. That's why it's only found in the gospel. It's yeah. only found in Jesus. Um, so that's what I would say to students. Yeah. And we have a, and you mentioned the series, we're doing this ser- that series together uh, as a whole church and also as a student ministry. And there's going to be actually a space in our student ministry if you come on Wednesday nights as students to sit in a group together, in a small group and process some of those things together. So um, that'd be a great opportunity. Bridget, any next steps you want to share? Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm still on the vein of the whole youth or not. <laughs> That's okay. Just share what you guys share. Um, yeah. I have a lot. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see <laughs> where we're going to camp out at. While you were talking, it made me think of if you said to find a place to have these conversations. If you can't find a place, then feel free to create justice. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, and to, to do that. Um, I'm also thinking about Be the Bridge and how they do have a curriculum for yeah. youth. Yep. That is something that I would love to explore with you offline. Yeah. So, um that that is actually written from a secular point of view, and they have a lot of books on the topics of history mm-hmm. that are written with a youth person youth person in mind. Yeah. Um, and it's good to at least get that that narrative and to hear something from you know, a different you know point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah. So I've I've been really excited about that. Uh, the thing that. I wish we could have unpacked a little bit more was this last paragraph, because I feel as though our last paragraph has lots of calls to actions in them. So if you get an opportunity to read that, you'll notice that some words are bold, that a lot of alliteration with the letter R, but something that is, I think should be bolded. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to just throw this out there. Um, the words <laughs> such as awareness, relationships, and commitments. Mm, that is nothing but the arc of justice. Yeah. And that you can find that written in Jamar Tisby's book, either The Color of Compromise or How to Find Racist, How to Fight Racism. I think that's how it's mm-hmm. okay. Yep. All right. So but that but I've have found that framework of of the awareness, relationship, commitment, because it's not a linear thing process. You're going to be bouncing all through the little triangle of trying to, you know, making sure like what, where you need to camp out or just kind of ebb and flow. And I know for me personally, I need to work in the commitment part. Yeah. And that's what, where I don't want to confuse like, oh, I read this book. Oh, I had this great discussion, but yet nothing's changing because you ain't applying the work. So, <laughs> so, so 
but you call it a spiritual discipline, which I love. Yes, spiritual discipline, and that and that's in tandem too. Like this is a on like I love the fact that you brought in lament. That is so important. It's such an important practice. Um, it's important to remember. It's not pain. Yes, you might feel some pain, but it's that pain that's gonna help to like just turn your heart and keep you towards the cross instead of you going back to your own devices or whatever makes you feel better and happy. So avoidance is not the key. <laughs> I don't know what's up. No, I, I'm building off yours, yeah. and that's the one that I'm thinking of. It's probably the awareness and relationship how they they coincide. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of people. I get the chance to talk to a lot of people who are like who are still stuck in that same like I didn't do this. Stop making me feel bad. What am I supposed to do? And I and I often observe their behavior because I still I'm around them um, uh, in trips and friends I have where where they're like they're just angry. And they like, you know, make a comment about every single thing they can. And they're not helpful comments. Some of them are racial comments, but they're, they're acting out because mm-hmm. they feel this pain and being told they're responsible for this pain, but they, have, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so they reject the pain. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I remember having a conversation with them in the last couple of weeks and I'm reminded of it today where I'm saying like, I'm not asking you to go change the rules at the police department in Grand Rapids right. to keep a black man from getting shot and killed. I am calling you to be faithful as a Christian to who God has put in your life with little, you know, be faithful with the little. And so the answer is, who is your neighbor? Who is your person mm-hmm. at work? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I have, I, cause some of the things I have black friends, I have this. I'm like, okay, but you, have you ever really asked them what their experience was and don't respond? Uh, do they even feel safe around you to share that? Because what did it, black people mute themselves constantly to survive in, mm. in, in, in the world that they live in. So you could say they've never said anything to you, but have you been the kind of person who's willing to listen? Yeah. And so I think here's what I would say. If you look across, if you sit across from someone that you know and they tell you their story about their, their, uh, reality in this country as a black person, as an Indian person, as a Mexican person, and you have created enough space and you, Okay. Uh, I have a sign in my um, office and you can go look for it. It's there. And it says on the top, it says, never miss a good opportunity to shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You reacted. I know. You're like, what? You have that in my office? Yeah. So, so, but my point is like, are we willing to listen and stop trying to fight the world? Stop trying to fight this, this like political right or left or whatever you're trying to think of. Like, stop it. Just listen. And when you listen, when you have an awareness and you listen to the voice of those who have been oppressed, your heart will be moved. And then there's, there's, there's this desire to move towards commitment. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm not, if you're listening to this, I'm not asking you to fix everything. I'm only asking you to listen. And I think if you have a heart, you will be compelled to stop writing off people's experiences based on political talking points mm-hmm. that you have been given. But if you're not willing, well, then I have some words for you. But we won't talk about that here. Yeah, yeah and I think that's a good uh, action step as far as what people can do this week. Um, listen, actively listen to the stories and the narratives of the people in your life um, who haven't had a chance to do so in the ways that they should. So take that. Uh, try to do that this week. Prayerfully do it because that's a thing that will only happen with the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'll add one. Um, <laughs> introduce yourself to someone you don't know. Mm, yeah. That's something practical, especially in our church. And this is coming off of the heels of having a conversation with a person of color who said, I've stood here and we get in close proximity in the eyes. All of a sudden you're looking for something on the ground. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm talking about life can. 
So yeah. I'm a people who are listening who go to Life Canton. It's okay to have eye contact with someone who's of a different uh, <laughs> hue than you. A or, different hue um, than you. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and to show yourself friendly. And uh, it's it's I think that's important, and it's okay, and that we're people. We're people, uh, and I'm not just saying like, just we're all people. We all want, we have more in common than we don't, um, than not. And you'd be so surprised. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's okay to put yourself out there. And I just want to challenge you to do that. That's a good next step. Yeah, good, Bridget. And uh, we'll gladly leave Bridget's word as a final word for today. Um, if you feel like there's more we could have talked about, um, the awesome thing about where God is leading us is that we're not done. Um, we have committed to talking about this, to working on this, to to living this in our community. So this is not the last you're going to hear about racial justice and what we can do in our community to be the hands and feet of God to rectify it. So um, pay attention. Um, watch what God is doing in this community. If you're still processing, um, and most of you probably are, it's a lot. Um, sometimes it's best to process in prayer. So if you need prayer, someone to pray with, someone to pray over you, um, you can reach out for that. You can use the Connect card on our Now page, or you can just reach out to one of us directly. Um, if you've had a conversation or contact with us, or even if you hadn't, just reach out, um, ask for prayer. We'd love to pray and process with you. Um, but I hope this week uh, you have the courage um, and the leading of the Holy Spirit to have those conversations, um, to open up, um, and to be the kind of people that we've been called to be as, as followers of Christ. So have a blessed week. Uh, that Yeah, it's like, anybody else want to, what would you... <laughs> I thought you were about to no. say, what would Jesus do? Like, no, I mean, we can't. Have a blessed week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>